the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. <laughs> hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Good to be along on the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. That's always good. Right when you're going to air there, you're, I heard Kath go, oh, oh, like something was terribly right. amiss. Yeah, something something yes. is just terribly wrong there. Well, well you hopefully, know. <laughs> hopefully what's ever going on over there is well, Kath. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things oh. where you see something and you think, oh, I wish I would have noticed that the printer did that Oh, that's before we went to air. Oh, uh, well, it's just a printer, right? Yeah. It's just a printer, people. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'll fill in the blanks, people. Don't you worry. You know why? Because it's the ride home. All right. Very good. Woke up this morning. You ever like, you know, have a surprise breakfast? Like you wake up in the morning. And I think, I'd like a well, surprise breakfast. Well, I, I had a surprise breakfast today. My wife has been away. She came home a day or so after I came home. Uh, <laughs> we're fine. It's I was like, how, okay, uh, we're going to talk about marital trouble in the five no, o'clock hour. It's just how the itinerary worked out. Right. Seriously. Everything's good here in the whole house. Okay. Right? Other than my dog getting stuck in the basement, but that's a whole other story. But uh, when she came home, uh, she brought some uh, some cake with her, uh, and I don't know, you know, it's like she cake, brought cake came from South Dakota. She flew okay. a cake home from South Dakota. So I woke up this morning, went downstairs, and had myself a nice big slice of cake, which I was. It's like the last thing you think about when you wake up in the morning. I'm going to have coffee and cake for breakfast. Well, that's what I think of often. I don't know why it's so weird to you. Coffee cake for breakfast. Because here's the thing: mm-hmm. if I could have a muffin. Every day for breakfast, a I would. muffin. Yes, I love my. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Sorry. God bless you. God bless you. I'm very 50, sorry. I had to do that, people. So I'm very, very. I'm very much apologize that that had to happen. Anyway, if I could have a muffin every day yeah. for breakfast, that would be great. But I remember reading someone, a, a comedy writer, saying at one point, "You like to think muffins are bread, mm-hmm. but muffins are cake." <laughs> So now when I want to have a muffin for breakfast, I think now I can't really have cake for breakfast, but I want it. Yeah. 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 I think it's a great idea. Good for you. But don't you love a coffee cake? I love a coffee cake. Are you kidding? If I love a muffin, how do you think I feel about a coffee cake? Coffee cake is sort of like great about it. Yeah, really. So started the day off right. Anyway, Hey, uh, Wednesday edition, the world continues to uh, roll forward. As we always do, we get underway. The show, Kath gives us the news stories of the day. Kath, please present us with the top four at four. Yes, I will. For Wednesday, May 26th, 2021. And all things that the printer didn't print out, people, I'm going to fill in. Oh. Number one. In a timeline study, the Washington Post today asks how the Wuhan lab leak theory suddenly became credible. The source of the coronavirus that has left more than 3 million dead around the world remains a mystery. But in recent months, the idea that it emerged from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, once dismissed as a ridiculous conspiracy theory, has gained new credence. 
How and why did this happen? Asks the Post. For one, they say efforts to discover a natural source of the virus have failed. Second, early efforts to spotlight a lab leak got mixed up with speculation that the virus was deliberately created as a bioweapon, which made it easier for people to dismiss it as nonsense. But a lack of transparency by China and renewed attention to the activities of the Wuhan lab have led some scientists to say they were too quick to discount a possible link at first. There's a lot more to say about that story, including how it is that the uh, mainstream media in America can change their tune so very fast on some story that is that gigantic. Well, we'll talk about that more later. Number two, Senate Republicans intend to send President Joe Biden a nearly $1 trillion counterproposal on infrastructure spending tomorrow, the latest attempt to make progress toward a bipartisan compromise just days before the president's deadline. ABC News reports that Biden has for weeks said that he needs to see significant progress on an infrastructure deal by Memorial Day. According to the group of Republican senators crafting the new offer, it will be the closest Republicans have yet come to Biden's initial proposal, which, if you're keeping track, has not been very close. There are still agreements, however, about how much the bill should cost, how it should be funded, and what ought to be considered infrastructure. But other than that, they agree on everything. Have some cake. Number three. Though it's unclear if he'll accept the nomination and continue his run for Pittsburgh mayor, retired police officer Tony Marino won enough write-in votes on last week's primary ballot to run as a Republican against Democratic nominee Ed Ganey in November. According to the PG, Mr. Moreno, who pursued the Democratic nomination in a four-way primary but lost to the state lawmaker, received 1,300 write-in votes as a Republican, according to Allegheny County vote totals. That's enough to clear the threshold for write-in votes and get on the general election ballot if he wants to. And number four, tonight's do or die for the Pens. They face first-round elimination in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Nassau Coliseum will be hyped, to say the least. So when the puck drops at 7 p.m., the pens better be 100% in, or it'll be a long, sad, depressing offseason for all of us. And that is your top four. Well, that's chock full, those top four. Um, China, well, uh, you can say one thing assuredly. China is a very dark, secretive society, closed off. My guess is we'll never know. Never know the truth. No, I think we will know. I think we, well, I think we'll be surprised. Well, scientists are going to push to know because the only way they're going to feel 100% certain about a remedy for it, apparently, is if they find out where it came from. Right. But that's like moving heaven and earth. I mean, China and the Communist Party, they they are built on the pillars of secrecy. And uh, I don't know. I I have really low hopes for that. And uh, and the uh, Merrill race. Look, Pittsburgh rarely has any interest at all in the mayor race because it's a Democratic boilerplate. So to think that Ed Ganey and perhaps uh, Tony Tony Marino Marino would go toe to toe Republican Democrat. Hey, mix it up. Um, Yeah. So Tony Marino obviously isn't going to be very committed to a Republican platform if he ran as a Democrat 10 days ago. (laughs) Well, it's Pittsburgh. I mean, for goodness sake, people. And politics are very strange bedfellows in this democratically uh, held stronghold. And. I don't know how you're going to cope this evening at seven o'clock. If you're a, a true blue Pens fans, this is going to be hard to watch. Although I think it's kind of like uh, the clockwork orange. You got to sit down and force those eyes open to either rejoice to live another day or bow your head in abject horror. And uh, what is that? Cold and sinus. Yeah, this is this is this is what I'm going for tonight. I pulled this up to to show all those of the uh, pills. ladies and gentlemen. No, they're not. You, I see that one. Knock help. yourself out. Is that the deal? 
that would not help. Now, you know, usually I go for the Pepto-Bismol in a night like tonight, but I decided I'm going all natural. I'm going for the eucalyptus all natural breathing relief. Yeah, that's going to help. I feel like that's going to clear it all up for me. It's going to make me calm. I'm going to be able to take deep cleansing breaths and I'll get through the game. And I'll see your uh, all natural eucalyptus. I'm going to, if you do that, then I think I'll eat some Vicks VapoRub. Just (laughs) to counter that, just to show you the two. Well, right. I agree. well you, if you do what my grandma said, you have to follow it with a teaspoon of whiskey. So, right. Oh, well, that's a, it's a dark night already. That'll basically kill anything that could possibly be ailing you. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Uh, Josh Brown is going to join us. He's going to talk to us about fellowship and prayer and devotion and awe from Acts 2, 42, 44. We'll talk about true community. That's straight ahead. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We are Donna County. We'll be right back. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Blanca, even at my worst. Rattle from Elevation Worship. And Joyful from Dante Bow. I'm going to be the best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you in part by McQueen Building Company. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Through the Bible's Dr. J. Vernon McGee has an invitation. Today, we invite you to study with us the Bible from Genesis Revelation. Listen to the program. Listen to it regularly. If you've accepted that invitation, Through the Bible would love to hear from you. It's Letter Month. Tell them how your Bible study with them has changed your life. Do you listen every day? Let us know at wordfm.com slash letter. Jess's 30-minute bike boot camp? I guess it's that kind of day. Are you ready for a total body workout, Peloton fam? I am. We'll start the class on the bike and then move to the floor. Let's get it. With Peloton instructors right in your home? Are you feeling it yet? Let's keep pushing for five. You have motivation that's ready when you are. Clip off that bike and meet me on the mat for lunges. I got this. You showed up today, Peloton. Who's feeling sweaty and strong? Definitely me. Tap into your motivation at OnePeloton.com. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. 
here, there's been a conversation, I think, amongst a lot of us who have not attended church about missing our community, right? Missing our brothers and sisters in Christ, our friends, the people that we gather with every Sunday to worship with. And so it does beg the question, what is Christian community? What does that look like? Or what is that supposed to look like? And what's the reality of it? I think probably there's a big disconnect, right? We we say one thing, oh, yeah, um, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and then I'm not sure, right? Josh Brown is with us. Pastor Brown is the pastor at Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood. Here today to talk to us about Christian community from the perspective of Acts 2, 42-45. Pastor Brown, welcome back. John and Kathy, thanks for having me again. I hope you guys are well. We are. Thank you. How about yourself? Good. Yeah, I've been doing well. Good. Josh, when we think about community, um, I don't know. I, I think this past 15 months has proven that you can have Christian community if people are separated. Um, but I think it's also been proven that it's just harder and different. Yeah, I think both of those things are true. Uh, there have been some very creative ways that people have found to stay in touch with one another. It's been kind of... Uh, been kind of interesting to see how people can be creative about finding ways to stay in touch with one another and, yeah. and even deepen some relationships that they've had. And yet I think that there are very few people who would say that it's a total and sufficient replacement for actually being able to be in the same space and place and time as one right. another. Uh, there, there is just something about that that is uh, that I think we value because it's something that we are intended to experience. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, talk to us about uh, the uh, scripture passage you you focused on here, Acts uh, 2, 42, 45. Jesus uh, has ascended into heaven. The apostles are left behind. And then a a core group of true believers, they start to engage in community. Uh, Do you want to read the the passage or should I? It's up to you. Uh, Yeah, I I can read that. That's fine. Thanks for the opportunity to do that. Uh, So this is this is in Acts chapter two, uh, and I'll read this passage to you. And then, then what I'd like to just point out is something that something that's just been hitting me as I've been looking at it uh, recently. But here's the passage first. This is Acts chapter two, beginning verse forty-two. It says, "And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common." And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So on its own, that's a wonderful little passage. Uh, and I've read it myself a number of different times. You hear people hold that up as, well, yeah, this is what the church is supposed to look like, and these are the kinds of things that we should be doing. And there's clearly truth in that. Um, and this was a description of the early church. They were committed to the teaching. They were committed to times of fellowship, to times of worship, uh, to just being together in different ways, to being able to support and care for one another. And, and it is, it's a wonderful little portrait. Uh, the thing that I've been just reflecting on this past week, as this past Sunday was Pentecost, is that that, that passage doesn't just it doesn't just get presented to us in a vacuum, right? It doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's at the very end of, of chapter two, which is this whole um, in, uh, account of what happened on Pentecost. And, and uh, I think most people are familiar, maybe with the beginning of chapter two. Uh, that's the part where it says the disciples were gathered in Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit came down. Oh, the sound like a rushing wind, and there were tongues of fire, and they began speaking in different languages. Uh, and people heard the gospel presented in their own language for the first time. 
And then Peter gets up and preaches, and then at the end of his sermon is that very famous scene where it says that there are 3,000 people to get baptized that day. And I think people are familiar uh, with maybe each of those little things in part, but the, the progression of the whole thing is what's really fascinating to look at. Mm. All right. So the so you mean in what order it happens? Yeah, exactly. And even just reading through the chapters. So, so not pulling. So, for example, one in particular that I've been just reflecting on a little bit here recently is uh, it, in that part when it says the spirit comes down and they began speaking in different languages. There's this list yeah. beginning, and uh, now I'm going to look at verses nine through eleven, and it talks about okay. those. Who, these are these are people who are people groups who were gathered in Jerusalem and who heard the gospel in their own language for the first time. And it says there are Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. And there's this list there. And we may recognize some of those names or some of those places, but uh, truthfully, I think most of them don't really register with us. We don't really know who exactly they're talking about there. But I think that for anybody hearing that or reading that uh, for the first time at the time it happened, one of the things they would have recognized immediately is that's a really unusual group of people to be bringing together. Um, mm. most, okay. of the, most of those groups most of those groups have no common point of identity. In fact, some of them would consider one another enemies. There's, there's really on its surface nothing that should bring together that wide and eclectic of a group uh, <laughs> into some new thing. And yet that group that's listed there, that's specifically who is being described in verses 42 through 45. Wow. That's, so that's the this, progression that I'm talking about there. This disparate mosaic of tribes and personalities who on a regular daily basis probably don't mesh with each other socially, right? And then right. all of a sudden, somehow through the power of the Holy Spirit, they hear the good news and they are drawn, you say, 3,000 strong to know more in community and to break bread, right, to have the body of Christ yeah. and to pray. And then they are in awe together. Yeah, that's that's when I say the progression. That's what I think is really fascinating. Uh, again, in, in my experience, I will, I will admit that even sometimes that I've preached on or taught on those verses 42 through 45, you do kind of look at it a little bit in isolation. And you're saying, well, look, this is a great vision of Christian community. And the implication that can come of that, or maybe even just the assumption that some people make when hearing it is, yeah, I'm going to find a community of people, and they're going to inevitably end up looking and talking and acting and dressing and voting and thinking exactly like I do. And that's the reason that we're going to come together and be in this solid community. But when you see that the group that was described there is this wide range of ethnicities and cultures and uh, peoples that are listed there, and that is the specific group that's said to be brought together in this new way. I think that's a very different way uh, of understanding what it means to be brought together in Christ. Right. So that's that sounds a little different than like uh, a blog site or like a Facebook group. Yeah, I think so. Those tend to be very homogenous, right? Yeah, I mean, they're homogenized, right? We, so we all... so you, in, you invite people that you know are going to like what you like. Yeah, exactly. And and we do this. I mean, so social psychologists will tell you that there's all kinds of reasons that we form in-groups and these little tribes. And, and you tend to coalesce around these identity points that you have determined are the most important one for you. And usually it's something that you figure, this is a key part of my own identity. 
this is a really core part of who I understand myself to be. And so when I find other people who share that, that's going to be the thing that brings us together. And I, I don't mean to say that that's always wrong. There can be some things that that's a good time. But this is putting out something different there where it's saying, no, the thing that is bringing this, this vastly disparate group of people together are not shared points of social identity, but the new life that they have in Jesus Christ and that they've received through the work of the Holy Spirit. That brings them together. In fact, that's something deeper and truer and stronger than any of those other things that we tend to anchor ourselves to. So these essentially, these 3,000 along with the apostles, this is first wave, right? I mean, this is yeah. this is as fresh and new. And I wonder, you know, the common denominator, common denominator, Josh, as you're saying, is you know they wanted to, they they wanted to have the gospel in their lives. But there was something. Wouldn't you love to be part of that group to feel the emotion, the the want, the need, the longing, the brokenness, all those things that drove those people together? There had to be something that you know was emotionally just off the charts. That had to be fantastic. I think so. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that within a group like that, I'm sure that within that you did have some subgroups uh, of people who were very similar to one another. Right. It's not like every single sure, person right. was the polar right. opposite of everybody else. I'm sure there were little subgroups within there, people similar. But as a whole, you see this big, uh, this, this, yeah, this, this variety that's coming together there. And I, I think you're right, John. I mean, I think the thing that clearly brings them together is what well, you read, just read through chapter two and you say, wow, we have just heard the good news that God's promised Messiah died for my sins and was raised for my justification. Right at the end of Peter's sermon they, is when it says they respond and say, what are we supposed to do? And he says, well, repent and be baptized in his name for the forgiveness of your sins. And you say, okay, that's the thing. That's the shared experience that we right. have in Jesus Christ, that you, you and I each have been brought up out of death and into life because of Jesus Christ and what he's done. And that gives us a shared footing that's, uh, stronger than any, and truer than any of those other things. Reverend Josh Brown is with us, Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood of Pittsburgh. Um, so, you know, I, I had never really thought of, uh, not really, I had never thought about it the way that you're talking about it, Josh, but it also makes me think that the power in which they went out from that point, and then what we know about the spread of first century Christianity, um, that tells me that there is power in people putting aside uh, things that are less than the gospel to embrace the gospel. And um, so it's not just a matter of like, oh, it'll make me a nicer person or, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be more healthy for me. No, it's like it seems like there's something much greater at stake than that. Yeah, there is. And and none, none of the people there in that case, or none of us here today, I mean, you, you don't stop being who you are when you become a, a Christian. I mean, there, there are obviously significant parts of your identity that are, are still going to be who they are. There are going to be some things that need to change, things that, need, that you know need to get changed or remade. Um, but yeah, there's a new shared... Um, there's a new shared identity. There's also a new shared commission that I would say in going out. And also don't, I, I don't think it's fair if we just pretend like there was never any tension among that group. I mean, you read through the rest of the New Testament, you see there were all kinds, there were debates that were happening. I mean, Peter and Paul got into debates about these things. So, so within that, there were, there were certainly some times I'm sure where uh, things cropped up that there were a little unpleasant to try to work through. And some of the, some of those differences probably show themselves in some pretty, uh, some pretty challenging ways at particular times. And yet, if you know that there's something that is underneath all of those things, um, I think that allows you to work through those in a different manner 
than if you feel like your entire individual and group identity is at stake just because there's a point of tension. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, that's it makes good. perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So yeah. something underneath, Josh, right? That's something underneath yeah. is what people grabbed. But you know what's interesting is, you know, as I hear you talk about acts and as I read it today, I thought, have I ever been part of a you know a group like this where there's been such a mosaic? And and uh, to be honest, uh, the answer would be no. Generally, when I'm in community with other believers, I mean it's people like me. So I, I wonder what that says about me or the church or the modern day mix or not. I mean I'm sure you think about that as well. Yeah, I do, and I also don't mean I don't want anybody listening to think that there's a there's, you should feel like guilty if the if it's a small group that you're in or sure. you know, the congregation you're a part of or your family. You find comfort stuff. like there's, mine. There's a lot of similarity. Yeah, sure. I don't want anybody to feel like they're that you shouldn't feel guilty about those things. Nor nor should you just like walk away from them entirely and say, well, that's clearly right. not it. But it is important to I think recognize that the calling there is one that should have us at least having lift, lifting up our heads and, and setting our eyes out a little further than we usually do, um, and maybe maybe to put it that way. So yeah, if that's not something that you see represented in your own life right now, again, don't don't feel like uh, you know you're a total failure. You need to blow it all up and start from scratch. But to say, uh, okay, well, what would it look like for me to see that there uh, is, is this calling uh, to be the church uh, in a broader sense than maybe what I tend to, uh, than the way I tend to delimit it. That's good. That's really, really good and challenging. That is the Reverend Josh Brown, Belfield Presbyterian, the Oakland neighborhood of Pittsburgh. Tell us about Belfield Church, Josh, and what you guys are doing and when. Yeah, we are uh, right, right in the middle of uh, the University Medical Centers here right in Oakland. Uh, so uh, the university season has wound down. Things are a little quieter on the student front, but we've still got a lot of stuff going on with the community, with our congregation. Um, currently, right now, we uh, have a couple options as far as worship goes. We have a 10 o'clock service that is here in our sanctuary in the morning. That one is also live streamed. You can find that on our, our website there. And we have a five o'clock service that uh, beginning this week, we're going to move outdoors as long as the weather's permitting. Nice. Uh, so there are a couple options for that. There's all kinds of different ways that people can get plugged into some different things and some resources that we want to offer. So uh, bellfield.org is our, our website. You can find anything you need to from there. Very nice. Pastor Josh Brown, Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood, talking to us today about Acts 2, 45. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, guys. Have a good day today. Talk to you soon. You as well. Take a quick break. Come back. Um, new crop in, Le- in Pennsylvania. I'm excited about crop. it. Right. Okay. Right outside of New York City, there's a new crop, right? Giant warehouses coming soon to a neighborhood near you. Congratulations. You did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3550. 
415-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. It's Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. For a limited time, save up to $500 on top-rated mattress brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base with your $6.99 mattress purchase. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Severe thunderstorm watch is in effect through this evening. A thunderstorm or two in the area early this evening. Any thunderstorm can bring downpours, damaging winds, and hail. Turning out partly cloudy and cool late tonight, the low 55. Tomorrow, pleasant, less humid with sunshine and patchy clouds, high 74. Becoming cloudy tomorrow night with a little rain late, low 55. Cloudy and cool Friday with periods of rain, high 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Living here in western Pennsylvania or West Virginia, Ohio, it's fair to say that I'm sure many of us have traversed the Pennsylvania Turnpike Ugh, far, how many far times? east. Yes. Uh, and as you uh, go east, you're familiar with the Lehigh Valley. Now, the Lehigh Valley, chock full of um, history, right? Revolutionary War mm-hmm. heroes and uh, the Mennonite farms, right? Um, well, of course, many kind of farms. The Amish are there and gigantic mega farms as well. Well, a new crop that is sprouting up in that area, as well as Western Pennsylvania, but uh, specifically in this area of Lehigh Valley, which is about 80 miles outside of New York City. Millions and millions and millions of people. Well, within the Lehigh Valley, uh, there's a new crop, which is industrial scale warehouses. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of square feet that have been um, gobbled up from the area farms and these new warehouses quickly constructed for, say it in unison, Amazon. 
they are transforming, some say for the much worse, the Lehigh Valley. Now, um, there are the, uh, the pro-warehouse people say, hey, look, sure. jobs are coming to the area. Right. Thirteen to fifteen dollars an hour starting wages. Who doesn't want? Who doesn't want that? And right. want that in their community? But there are others who say, well, you know, Lehigh Valley sort of pivoted from the uh, old Rust Belt steel manufacturing, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where the steel mills, long since abandoned, like they were here in Pittsburgh, still stand. But that manufacturing base is still there. I did not know that they made peeps in the Lehigh Valley. Those jobs marshmallow peeps. Marshmallow peeps. They can. But those jobs, manufacturing peeps. About $17 an hour. Mm -hmm. Really? Right. So there's a disconnect now between the manufacturing base, the agricultural base, and the new warehouse base. Because they're saying as the warehouses come in and gobble up the farmland all along this corridor, not on the railroad line, but on the superhighway lines, Mm -hmm. probably on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, on the right very close to the roadways. And then now there's so many warehouses being pushed further and further back into the farmland. Though they're saying that the warehouses for the short while will have employment, but with a rise of robotics, Mm -hmm. eventually those jobs will go away as well. And a lot of warehouses in the Lehigh Valley area and in the Amish country are being built as speculation in the hopes that Amazon or some like-minded company Mm. will come in and fill those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of square feet. But then when the economy shifts, what happens to the warehouses? Right. So this is the same question on on a larger scale. Um, that the people are asking in Churchill with Amazon, right? It's the same thing. People don't want the Amazon warehouse in Churchill and the old Westinghouse building right? um, because it's going to be unsightly, right? Amazon in Churchill is different because it's being shoehorned into a residential area, basically. Well, but Westinghouse was already in the residential area. They were. It wasn't like they're tearing down 16 houses to put it in. No, no, right. The footprint is there, right? The the base of land is there. And, and, And that's empty. For a long, long time. Right. A long time. 30 plus years. probably. Right. So to me, that's a no brainer. I feel like, you know what? Well, it, what if your house was right there? Well, if your house is right there. It's going to be looking at a vacant. It's been looking at a vacant building for 15 years and that yeah. building is not going to last forever. It's, you know, eventually going to crumble and fall down. You don't want to be looking at that either. One of the problems, though, the warehouses uh, are the massive 18 wheelers that run through there 24 seven. Now, of course, these roads in Lehigh Valley. I mean, you think about, you know, the horse and buggy or people on, you know, the bicycles or whatnot. I mean, those massive 18-wheelers, uh, they're going to they're talking about when these warehouses come in, they have to expand the roads from to- two lanes to four lanes right. to make room for that. So what does that look like in the neighborhood that you live in? Look, I, I'm, on, I'm, all pro, I'm all for this. I'm, I'm pro-employment. But at the same time, there's also a downside, isn't there? Well, with every decision, it's trade-offs. I mean, that's just, I remember hearing Thomas Sowell say that years ago in a podcast. I've never forgotten it. He said, if people would understand when it comes to legislation that we're not solving problems with legislation, it's just a series of Mm trade-offs, then we would be a lot better off. I think this is not legislation, but it's the same type of decision where, yeah, I mean, it's not like there's one side that's right and the other perspective is wrong. It's like, well, you have to look at the trade-offs and see, you know, which ones can you live with? But here's, if it was you and you had a nice home somewhere on a side street and two blocks away, all of a sudden this warehouse showed up, you'd right. think differently. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be a big trade-off for me, oh, right? 
Tremendously so. Hmm. Yeah. So who makes that decision? It, it depends on who owns the land, right? Well, uh, in the Churchill uh, decision, that's a battle that's going on right now within the community. People are saying, hey, you should put it to vote. But it looks as though, you know, it's developers with community leaders. I'll put those in air quotes. I don't know how it all shakes out. Anyway, to be continued. Well, I'm just excited knowing that there's a future. You know, if things don't work out here for us at the station, Gary, maybe, you know, us working on peeps in the Lehigh Valley is something we could consider. 17 bucks an hour, all the peeps you can eat. Peeps, right. shut it down. <laughs> yeah. I hate peeps. Peeps are gross. I like peeps. Oh, give me a peep, man. No, I'm do? sorry. My yeah. mom loved peeps. They're, fresh, gr- they're just gross. I have give me to a say. fresh peep, it's, man. That's some good there, stuff. There's nothing fresh about a peep. No, it's no. completely artificial. It I cannot like it. be fresh. I could eat five or six peeps right now and be happy about it. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, but the five o'clock hour would be like in fast forward. <laughs> Forget about it. And Kennedy's with us in a few minutes. God is not like you. There's a surprise. That's next. It's the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We are here in Word FM. WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chappell. Grace is about peace with God being provided. And peace is about grace from God being believed. If you have grace provided, you have peace provided as well. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell, weekday afternoons at 1.30 on 101.5 WORD. Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID, 128231, equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no closing cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. 
I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. Writer, blogger, mom, lover of Jesus, Ann Kennedy is back with us. Ann's a regular guest on our show. She is the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. She blogs daily as well at the uh, Patheo site, preventinggrace.com. And uh, Ann, uh, always a pleasure to hear your voice. How are you today? It's great to be with you. I'm doing all right. Great. Now, Anne, it's surprising the things that you can find online, especially if you look on social media or blog sites, and you have found something today that you have called some kind of real treat. Um, It's the story of someone who is a woman who's age 34, um, and she's ready to be a mom. She's been ready for years, but there was just one problem. She had a she has a terrible track record with love. And so after one final attempt at a romance had crashed and burned in spite of what she had read as stunning chemistry, she knew she had to reassess. So the story this woman tells online about her journey to become a mom is um, unconventional. Let's put it that way. Anne, why don't you tell us about it? Well, she, yeah, she decides she works for a higher level institution, academic institution, and she decides that she's ready to have children because she's getting older, which I totally understand um, now that I'm in my 40s. And uh, she uh, wants to have a child, but she knows that she can't kind of hold down a permanent relationship. So she begins to research um other kinds of ways of having children, which all involve the medical establishment and lots and lots and lots of money. And she uh, realizes that she doesn't want to spend that much. So she goes on, uh, she decides that she's going to sort of hack it herself and um, be with somebody in California first, uh, but not really. That person doesn't, uh, like to be a man that doesn't like to be with women. And then uh, that doesn't pan out. And so finally she goes back to um, the roots of all human civilization, which is that she ends up having, well, as the Bible would say, you know, she knows a man (laughs) who um, she also researched online and took some tests and ends up getting to have a child. And, um, that's her story. And she posits it like it's a a really uh, different journey where you, where a man and a woman would have relations with each other is a surprising, though very cost effective way to produce children. And uh, this is so amazing that she was able to put it on the internet on yahoo.com. Right. So this is this is such a unique way of approaching the need to have children that it seems groundbreaking. It 
It is. It's groundbreaking. That's that. That's the word I was looking for this morning, and I didn't find it. Uh, so you should call me. It's unprecedented. Also, I should have called you. <laughs> right. All right. So, uh, and I don't. I don't want to be insensitive to this woman's uh, need to have children because I remember feeling that same way, Anne. Um, since you have six children, I'm sure you felt that way at some time as well. Um, you might have set, had second thoughts about it after the fourth or fifth, but um, or, or just in general in dark days that you have. But um, but that's a. I mean, that's a very natural thing that somebody would want, and um, that's yeah. a that's a need that we have to honor in the people that we know, especially women who feel that sense. But I know men do as well, but in particular women. Um, the sad thing about this story is that there's no that her worldview or culture has not prepared her for how to deal with those longings and to come up with a prescription for how to fill the void. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, the the thing that well, I didn't say this in my piece, but it's surprising how totally isolated she is. Yeah, uh, she's I making these decisions. She's making them, it seems like, I mean, I'm assuming that she probably talked to her friends and family, but that's not in the piece. So, you know, I don't know. Um, but it seems like, you know, she's living in complete social isolation and um, her biological, her biology matters in some really deep sense that she doesn't explore in the piece. And she follows that desire uh, all the way to its logical conclusion, it, um, which which ultimately leads her to do what billions of people do around the globe <laughs> every day without asking any of the questions that a, an upper middle class white American asks. <laughs> um, and she she's ill-equipped. She doesn't know what her body is for she doesn't know what her what her personhood is for um and she and then she ends up having a child in the way that many many people do in this culture which is for herself rather than for the sake of other people sacrificing herself for a relationship um or sacrificing herself for the sake of her child everything sort of revolves around her and probably devolves onto her ultimately and um right so she's like a very good um i thought it was a great picture of of kind of how people think today um and how how isolating and how tragic that is and what a great hope the gospel has um for for people today that they've never even imagined this person is so post-christian that she has never heard of probably even the idea of children being something for the sake of themselves rather than something that you, that you have or do because you want to at a particular moment in your own life cycle. Yeah. And I think that's what, what I took from it. And is that there's a, a bit of a heartbreak here. I mean, not oh, yeah. that, you know, she is so isolated and this did make good sense to her to essentially rent a man while she was ovulating to have a baby. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to read a, a piece, a paragraph from um, your piece today. You say this, I do feel like this is a pretty good time to be a Christian because, well, the Christian doesn't have to work very hard. Back in the day, you had to think about how hard stuff like the Trinity 
and the divinity of Jesus and justification and all kinds of thorny theological issues. But now, in these latter days, all you have to be able to say out loud is that human beings aren't God and can't do whatever they want, because if they do, they will destroy everything. Not being God is good for each of us, because then nice things come back, things like family and children, not being devoured by the sickening habits and inclinations of adults. Well, that's good, Anne. That's really good. Yeah, and we only, listen. We only have a, we we only have a minute left, which I know is cruel, um, but that's radio. So so as we close, so as we close it up, um, what's the final word? I, I mean, how, what do we get from this story? Well, first of all, babies are an incredible constellation, and there's a reason that women uh, want to have them. It's one of the great and impressive gifts of God that he gives to women the consolation of children. And so when uh, women who have never heard of Jesus want that, that's something that we should affirm um, because that comes from God. Uh, but second of all, because it comes from God, it's not something that we should ever try to control. And so when we don't get to have what we want, if we don't get to have children or we don't get to have the relationships that we want, even God, even in that is provident. And of course, Christians know this, but I think they forget it a lot. Um, and so God is our consolation and our hope. And sometimes he gives children. Um, and this is a great and primordial and essential and painful lesson that uh, Christians can live out in front of the world, accepting that God is God and that we are not God is one of the chief ways that we can preach the gospel to the world in this kind of time. That's Ann Kennedy. The article is called God is not like you at pathos.com. She's also the author of a terrific book called nailed it 365 sarcastic devotionals for angry and worn out people. Thank you, Ann. Thanks, Ann. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Really. It is. Well, I'll step away for just a minute. We uh, have got more ahead. Um, is it safe to sing at church yet? Huh? Maybe it was never safe when people sing it off key. Now it just adds a whole other layer of complexity. We'll talk about that next. Singing safely at church. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. And this thing is just really impressive. And without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh, because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. It's Ryan. I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you, Word FM listeners. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Let me ask you, what does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future, surrounded by the people you love the most. So what's in the way of you believing it's possible for you to have it? Are you believing the lie that you are meant to be alone? Or maybe you don't know what a Christian romance should look like or where to find it. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. And I invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where you will discover your heart's desire of a loving marriage. 
In this challenge, I'll teach you why now's your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com and you can start your journey to find that lasting, loving relationship now. The Married in 12 Months Challenge begins June 10th. So don't wait and sign up today. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like First Baptist Christian School of Butler. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. not you're trying to do right by yourself and for your family and for your community and so the ongoing mask debate is exactly that the debate right the government's saying one thing you know businesses are doing another some people are like going i'm sick of the thing i'm going to get rid of it other people are going hey i kind of like it you know it's i've not had colds or flu so i'm going to keep on wearing the mask and then you go out in public and it's this crazy mishmash and i think it's probably going to be that while i think for a long long time maybe years so, if you attend church, the question has been asked, is it safe to sing at church yet? And like all things, it's not an easy answer. It depends upon who you ask. Kath, from your yes. perspective mm-hmm. as a worship leader, is it safe to sing at church yet? Yes, it is safe to sing at church if you're vaccinated. Uh-huh. If mm-hmm. you believe the science and you got right. your shots. If you're not right? a science, if you're not a science denier. And you uh, believe what they're telling us, then yes, it's safe to sing at church. Um, uh, Rick Zimmerman, who is the doctor who we've been in touch with, uh, he's a virologist here in the Pittsburgh area. He's joined us regularly since COVID started. And I had a very long conversation with him the week before last after the CDC recommendations changed. Just so I got a really good picture of how the um, America's top scientists were looking at this issue. And I feel good about it. Um, At our church, we sing at the end. So that we're not, you know, sitting in a bunch of, you know, exhaled particles. We all take off after that. And so that's the only thing that's different, but we're singing. Very good. I miss singing, right? Yeah, I know. I know. People tell me that a lot. People say, I really, really miss singing. You know, I'm surprised that there has not been some sort of marketing. Maybe I missed this. You know, people would market some kind of mouthwash or, you know, covid wash or you know someone's going to make a quick buck by you know do a little mouthwash here and spit it out and you'll be free to sing you know for x number of times yeah i think that the particles are not coming from your mouth though i think that's the problem i mean i I was a communications major you should not trust me when it comes to epidemiological things but that's my guess all right well let's sing right so gather together and get on with life 
get your shots if you haven't already. Take a quick break. The five o'clock hour promises to be uh, chock full. Uh, oh, Kurt Thompson, the psychiatrist, is in. Ooh. We're going to talk about the four S's. That's the five o'clock hour of the ride home. On your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. It was an employee who opened fire at a California rail yard serving Silicon Valley, killing eight people. Authorities say the suspect is dead. The shooting took place in San Jose at a transit control center. Sheriff's spokesman Deputy Russell Davis says the suspect was an employee of the Valley Transportation Authority. He spoke to KTVU. This building is a VTA uh, control center, a Valley Transportation Authority control center. It is a hub that stores uh, multiple VTA trains and maintenance yard as well. Police first getting a call of a shooting this morning at 6 local time. Former Senator John Warner of Virginia has died. He was a former Navy secretary and first ran for the Senate in 1978. He held on to the seat for 30 years. On Wall Street, stocks are now mixed. The Dow is down 40 points and the NASDAQ ahead 86. This is SRN News. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and how would you like to never clean your gutters again for a limited time get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through june 30th all with 12 months no interest no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com that is windowsrspittsburgh.com You're bringing tears of joy to believers in Africa. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I'm so grateful that our two ministries have partnered to send God's Word to 5,000 Bibleist believers in Africa. We're halfway to the goal, and I'm so grateful for every gift, but we need to wrap up in the coming days, so our prayer today is that you'll become a Bible sender. We were in a place called Mpumalanga. The lady there, she knelt down and she cried. She never, at the age of 60, she never had a Bible. It is so much fulfilling just to see people like her rejoicing um, when they receive their Bibles. That's Pastor Joseph in South Africa. What did this woman do when she received her Bible? Didn't merely say thanks. She wept for joy. And we're so grateful to be halfway to our goal of 5,000 Bibles to Africa. But we must wrap up in the coming days. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20. Please make your most generous gift at 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at wordfm.com. Congratulations, you did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? 
How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Severe thunderstorm watch is in effect through this evening. A thunderstorm or two in the area early this evening. Any thunderstorm can bring downpours, damaging winds, and hail. Turning out partly cloudy and cool late tonight, the low 55. Tomorrow, pleasant, less humid with sunshine and patchy clouds, high 74. Becoming cloudy tomorrow night with a little rain late, low 55. Cloudy and cool Friday with periods of rain, high 67. With the Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. During the uh, 5 o'clock hour, I usually um, get up and stretch a little bit. I look look out this window here. Um, I've got this uh, bird's nest outside the window that's uh, currently... um, being built and there's a bird occupying it. It's got three little blue eggs. So well, congratulations, John, for sustaining life there. Yeah. Happy to happy to be part of that little miracle. Glad Mm -hmm. to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of miracles, uh Bill and Barney, two old college pals, help save the world from COVID nineteen. This is an article that we saw in today's Wall Street Journal, Kath. Yeah, fascinating piece. It really is. Half a century ago, that's 50 years ago, freshman Barney Graham rolled onto the Rice University campus in a new 1971 Ford Mustang. To blow off steam that year, he launched water balloons off the dorm roof with his new roommate, Bill Gruber, who drove a hand-me-down Dodge Monaco. Now, Barney was a top high school athlete and valedictorian from a family farm in Kansas. He starred in intramural sports at Rice University. Bill was a high school academic star from a Houston suburb and said, and no, said Barney made up for his own athletic deficiencies when they played football and softball. So these are two guys who are kind of geeky, right? But they still play some intramural sports. The Wall Street Journal goes on to say that Barney recalled thinking when they met that Bill probably knew a lot more than I did, and I was going to have to work hard to catch up. He turned to Bill for help, keeping pace with math and science courses, while at the same time trying to outdo his roommate. We were very competitive, but I think in a good way, Bill said. We wanted to be the best, frankly, at knowing everything related to science. Well, last year, the two men returned to competition, but this time in a race to stop COVID-19. So when Moderna announced in November that its vaccine had proved highly effective against COVID-19, Dr. Barney Graham, a government scientist now, 50 years later, who helped design the shot, emailed his old roommate, Dr. Bill Gruber, who ran the clinical trials of the vaccine from Pfizer. 
I'm glad we were able to keep up with you, Dr. Graham said, who is now 67 years old, talking to Dr. Gruber, who is 68. Now, it's a really cool story because it's the friendship. And I guess, you know, if you drill, uh, drill down a little deeper into it, like a lot of, you know, college friendships, these guys met in college as roommates. They became super tight. Then college was over. They went their own separate way. They both had careers. They were both became medical doctors. And then it wasn't until years later, 1986, this was like almost 20 years later, that they met at a medical conference. And they, they were like, hey, and they struck up their friendship again. So, of course, they, this was before email and computers and, you know, Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. But they stayed in casual touch with each other over the years. It wasn't as though they were besties. But, of course, spending time as roommates and being competitive guys, they sort of kept tabs on each other. But it wasn't until the coalesce of COVID and the Operation Moonshot where all hands were on deck and the medical community really rose up and changed the world that this friendship took off in another competitive direction, which is really the beautiful thing about this, isn't it? It really is. I mean, Dr. Graham had been working in a, um, in a similar field uh, with RSV, which is a, a respiratory virus that affects infants and the elderly. And, um, and so the other guy had been keeping up with Dr. Graham's work. And when the other guy, Barney, was looking at um, how to uh, you know, attack COVID-19, he thought, wait, I seem to remember that he was working on that. I should give him a call. So anyway, they ended up having dinner together yep. and they ended up talking about all sorts of things. And I guess that's where a, a brand new partnership was born. Okay, so Dr. Graham, Dr. Gruber, Dr. Graham, calling Dr. Gruber, they marvel at how they of who's, of, of who's, which one has the first name? What, uh, Dr. Which Graham, one is which first name? Yeah, well, they marvel 50 years over this whole transpiration of the, uh, the friendship and the competition. And so they offer advice, get along with your college roommates, because you just never know where that path is going to lead. I love that. that. Do you remember your college roommates? Do I remember my college roommates? I'm still in touch with pretty much all my college roommates. <laughs> Me too. I had a lot of college roommates. <laughs> I mean, those are some good times. Weren't right? they? And some really bad ones. Oh, some horrific times as well. Yeah. Yeah. But if I, you can survive, you know, the college roommate experience and still remain friends, right? That's a good friendship, isn't it? Let me tell you my favorite story about Dr. Graham and Dr. Gruber that's detailed in uh, today's Wall Street Journal. Yep. Now, these two men are at the forefront of designing the vaccines that are allowing the world to reemerge from a pandemic. So keep in mind the types of brains, the type of successful careers that they've had, the type of knowledge they have in their brains. Yeah, 50 years. One of their first trial and error experiments when they were 18 years old came from trying to wring more space from their cramped dorm room. So they came up with an idea drill holes in the concrete ceiling and hang their beds up high with big chains. Dr. Graham said, I just come from a farm. I thought I could rig about just about anything. So they hoisted the beds on the chains and they slept soundly close to the ceiling for weeks until one night when Dr. Gruber's bed became untethered, sending him crashing into his desk below. He survived though. The roommates made some design tweaks, and then they put the beds back up, and the beds remained suspended throughout graduation four years later. What kind of college dorm has cement <laughs> ceilings? What and, is that, Alcatraz? And, what is that? 
<laughs> I'm bed sagging from them. That's just awesome. All right. I love Congratulations. it. Congratulations. So Bill and Barney. Graham and Dr. Gruber. Yeah, Bill and Barney. Take a quick come, uh, come back in a few minutes. We're going to talk about the four S's the need to be seen, soothed, safe, and secure. The doctor is in. Psychiatrist Dr. Kurt Thompson joins us here on the ride home next. Stick around. W-O-R-D. I'm Kenny Woods from Word FM, along with John Hall and Kathy Emmons from The Ride Home. We are partnering with Bible League International on Open the Floodgates, Bibles for Africa. In many parts of countries like Kenya, Ghana, Tanzania, and Mozambique, as many as 9 out of 10 Christians are denied God's Word by corrupt governments, poverty, and remoteness. That's exactly why we're partnering with Bible League International to send Bibles to 2,800 new believers in Africa. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, $500 sends 100. Call 800-YES-WORD to send Bibles today or go to wordfm.com slash Bibles to give online. I have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family. And I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan. And unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA, United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1335. Rack NMLS number 65233. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Is it possible to truly love your enemy? Discover the truth behind the Israeli-Palestinian conflict as never before in the award-winning film Hope in the Holy Land. An enlightening, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides with real stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians who've lived through the years of war in search of peace. Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. What does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. I'm inviting you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now it's your time to find love and the tools to become a bride. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The challenge begins June 10th at lovestories.com. Thompson is back with us. Dr. Thompson is a psychiatrist in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia. He is the author of The Soul of Shame, Retelling the Stories We Believe About Ourselves. Dr. Kurt, welcome back. John and Kathy, great to be with you. Always good. 
All right, Kurt, always good to have you and always interested to hear, you know, your take on, you know, the inside of our brains, how they work and what it means to like the day-to-day ways that we function. Um, And so today you're telling us about the four S's and I'm going to say what they are here. They need to be seen, the need to be soothed, the need to be safe and the need to be secure. Now you're saying, Kurt, that this is a developmental requirement for anybody, but also in any situation, not just like something we need to provide babies as they grow up. That's right. And, you know, one of the really cool things about these four words is how practical they are, how practically they are in in the way that they get applied to newborns and infants, which most of us might not be surprised at. But what might be surprising to us is the way that these four words play a role for us in every single creative vocational endeavor that we enter into. So, for example, we like to say that when a baby comes into the world, she first literally needs to be seen. We're not going to take care of the baby if we don't first see her. But we don't just mean that we need to see her literally, see her body, and then change the diaper and clean her up and so forth and so on. We also are talking about being able to see and imagine her mind, imagine her development, imagine her Mm. emotions, imagine as she grows, what she thinks, what she feels, what she wants, what she desires. We need to see those things. And she, her little brain, in order for it to develop, actually needs to be seen. But then the next thing that happens, of course, is babies come into the world and not only are they seen, but like we know that when we see them, one of the common things that we will do with babies is that we will need to soothe them because they need to be soothed a lot when they are newborns and infants and toddlers. We soothe them for a whole range of different reasons. But then eventually with this sense of their being seen by us and soothed by us, they learn that they are safe. Now, there's two important things about this notion of safe, what it means for a child to be safe in the world. Not only are they safe from things that are outside their skin, right? Parents protect children from things that are outside of them. But the other thing that parents have to do is to teach children how to be safe from themselves. Mm -hmm. We don't often think about this, but like when the two-year-old just simply wants to run into the street We have to say no. We have to set limits. We set boundaries in order for that child to learn how to be safe by themselves. So they're not just protected from the outside world. They're also protected from the things that they might do to themselves and to others that would create all kinds of challenges. Now, this isn't just about running into the street. This is also about having tantrums. We'd like to hope that by the time that two-year-old is 22 years of age, that if she's really upset in safe way that she's not just going to fall on the floor and have a tantrum. She's going to be safe because she can restrain and contain. And this first three were these first three words to be seen, soothed and safe. Then lead to the fourth. And the fourth is secure. Now we might say, well, that sounds an awful lot like being safe, but I can be secure. But here's what we mean by security. To be secure means that I'm not just safe in the environment in which I become comfortable and am aware. I'm safe in my home. I'm safe in my body. I'm safely protected from predators. I'm safely protected from the prey of my own internal 
like demons, my own internal thoughts of self-condemnation, all those kinds of things. Other tons of ways, of course, we can be unsafe to our own selves in terms of what we think and feel and sense about ourselves. But at some point, our parents are going to do well to say, we want you to go try something, and it might actually be risky. We want you to go try something, and it might be dangerous. And dangerous not as in life-threatening, but like you might get hurt. You might fall down and skin your knee. You might take a risk and make a mistake. You might not make the team. In, you might not make the team. You might try something. We want you to try something and know that if you make a mistake, if you get your nose bloodied, that there won't be a place for you to return where you will be seen, soothed, and safe all over again. But it is in the taking proper risks that we grow. And it you're saying, Kurt, providing- yeah, let me, let me break in. And you're saying that what you've told us about how, uh, how children grow up in a healthy way, that in every circumstance in life, like in our workplace, in our church life, that you're saying the humans need those same four S's? Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not in the studio with you all day in and day out, but my guess is that if, you know, if you're working for anybody, if you're the pastor working for the congregation, or if you are the middle management employee working for the CEO, if you are working uh, as the truck driver working for the trucking company, you long, we long to be We long to be noticed. We long to be acknowledged. When we're working hard, like, we love it when someone comes through and says, like, oh, my gosh, I just want to say to you, Kathy, I I don't just love the broadcast you do, because I know that you don't just hop on the broadcast. Like, you have work to do to prepare for this. Like, like, I see how hard you're working. I'm just so so impressed with how hard you're working to be seen. Like, like we, we long to be seen. Like, what we need when we come out of the womb we need when we're 58 years old. Really? Right. So that, so that, so that is consistent in what people need in regardless of environment and regardless of age. Exactly. Because the thing is, look, if you then like, you know, have you ever, have you and like John ever had like bad dates on the air? Never, never Kurt. Every day is well, every I, day is 10 out of 10. It's it just, it's heaven on earth. In Pittsburgh at WORD. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. Yes, right. I know. Like, I, like, all we need is somebody else in the booth. We'll have the Holy Trinity. I get it. I see it. Like, that's all we need, right? So this notion, though, that when we have bad days, like, we need to be soothed. We need to know. We need to know yeah. that we can live out the Psalms, right? Because that's what the Psalms provide, a place where we can be seen, soothed, safe, and secure. We need to know, then, that we are safe and that we not just safe from the outside world, right? We need CEOs who can protect their employees. But we also need CEOs who can help employees protect themselves from themselves. In order for those employees, in order for those pastors, in order for whoever it is, when they have an idea that they'd like to try, we want to say, let's try this. But there might be risk. Of course, there's going to be risk. But we might make a mistake. Of course, we might make mistakes. And of course, we're doing all this with wisdom. We're not just saying to our two-year-olds, oh, sure, do what you want. Go run in the street. No, we are helping them discern proper risks. But we need everyone to be able to know that they have the freedom to take risks in which they might make mistakes. And shame is not going to be the answer. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Kurt, they the, may be. Cur- yeah. So seeing all these things, right? I mean, to be seen. 
to be soothed, to be safe, to be secure. I mean, it's the rare person who has all of those things. There's uh, deficiencies in all those. You know, that's why there's uh, alcoholism or addiction or mental illness or divorce or just the fallenness of what it is to be a man in this world, right? Um, right. The only person who gives us all four consistently, if we go there, is Jesus. That's always the answer. But how do you make it through without those four? So, you know, we've talked here perhaps before about the work that we do here in our practice, this notion of constructing confessional communities. And we've often said that these confessional communities can be models to export what we do into any domain. If you have a law practice, if you have a school, if you have a church, if you have a family, the fundamental things that we do in these communities are things that we can do anywhere under the proper conditions. And so we would say that the Holy Trinity, this notion of Jesus who goes to the cross because he is seen soothed and, and ultimately safe. Mm. I mean, remember, here was the man who said to his disciples, on the third day, I will be raised from the dead. He's not going into a future that he's not confident of because he is seen soothed and safe, which means he can take the next step of security and take mm. the risk that God is going to meet him. And so what do we do when we as people don't have those kinds of experiences growing up in our families? Well, here's where it comes to taking the kind of risk, a first step, and say to our listeners, do you know one person with whom you could begin to share your story? Is there one person with whom you would, you long to be, by whom you long to be seen, soothed, safe? We teach people here how to begin this practice in such a way that to hear your story means you're going to be seen, to be empathic when you name your trauma, when you name your grief, when you name your longing that is unrequited because your son has cancer, because your marriage isn't what you want it to be. We want you to know that we see that, that I see that, and in my seeing it, you can know what it means to be soothed. And that practice brings you to a place of being confident, not certain, but confident. We can be faithful in our sense of safety. And it's in that place that we stand in this hard deck, right? This is Psalm 31, 9, for he creates for me a wide place to stand when I'm in trouble, a wide place to stand from which I can launch to take the kind of risks relationally, the kind of risks in my business, the kind of risks in my teaching, the kind of risks in our family where I want to have the conversation with the person that I was afraid to have the conversation with. I want to say to this person with whom we've had a rupture, I want to have a good relationship with you. And I want to give Jesus the opportunity to show up. I didn't mean to cut you off soon. I just wanted to tell everybody who you are. That's Dr. Kurt Thompson. He was on a thing. I wanted to let him finish his thing. Dr. Kurt Thompson is a psychiatrist in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia. He's the author of The Soul of Shame, retelling the stories we believe about ourselves. But he's got a brand new book that is coming out in October. And so we're going to talk about it for the first time. It's called The Soul of Desire, Discovering the Neuroscience of Longing, Beauty, and Community. Kurt, we're looking forward to that. Maybe we can chat about it next time. I'm looking forward to it. Indeed. Terrific. Thanks, Kurt, for being with us. You bet. Always a pleasure. Pleasure is ours. Dr. Kurt Thompson, it does not blow your mind. private practice. Hey, we'll take a break. Uh, does this make sense? That's next. It's a daily feature here on the Ride Home. Does it make sense? 
Well, shockingly, and with great celebration and fanfare, another year in college has come to a close. Grove City College has weathered the storm. And unlike a lot of colleges, Grove City was committed to meeting and teaching in person. Now, of course, in this COVID era, nothing was perfect. And there were illnesses and incidences. And it was a bumpy ride. But the thousands and thousands of students at Grove City College, they made it through. So with some foresight and some wisdom, Grove City continues to meet in person. And Kath and I had students on campus at Grove City. We're proud to say our kids are Grovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for any parent of any college student or high school student in particular, I mean, anybody, a parent of any age child over the last year and a half, boy, it has been a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak as a parent, as John said, of, of a Grove City student. And I just think, you know, when, when things are as topsy-turvy as they have been and there's so much uncertainty, it is really a comfort to see that there's an organization that is so well organized, so well run, and the decisions they're making, they're doing their best that they would be godly ones. And so as a parent, all I can say is it's been a great ride in spite of COVID and the semester is almost over. GCC.edu online. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. And this thing is just really impressive. And without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh, because there I am wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. It's Ryan. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you, Word FM listeners. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. Severe thunderstorm watch is in effect through this evening. A thunderstorm or two in the area early this evening. Any thunderstorm can bring downpours, damaging winds, and hail. Turning out partly cloudy and cool late tonight, the low 55. Tomorrow, pleasant, less humid with sunshine and patchy clouds, high 74. Becoming cloudy tomorrow night with a little rain late, low 55. Cloudy and cool Friday with periods of rain, high 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This makes sense. What makes sense? Bug spray. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay, this is the season now. Mosquitoes are coming our way. I have absolutely no problem 
lathering myself up with deep woods off and sitting happily in the backyard unmolested by those nasty mosquitoes. Now I know that that stuff stinks. Some say it may be cancerous, but we're going to die anyway. So I want to sit in my backyard and be happy about it. Bug spray makes perfect sense to me, Kathy Emmons. Does it make sense to you? In no way, shape, or form. What? It's disgusting. What's the alternative? Uh, Well, the alternative is, I don't know. That's why I'm bringing it up. I just, I can't bear it. I hate the smell of it. I I am convinced it's going to kill me and everyone around me. I just, I feel like there's got to be a natural alternative. I believe that there must be. There is not. There is not. I can't smell like off for the rest of my life every evening from 6 to 10 p.m. I just, I just can't. Get it. I just get up, used to it. That's all. You just have to. The citronella candles, no. Nope. That doesn't work. They That's don't useless. Work. The, you know, the, the Avon, citronella plant the Avon is worse. stuff. Forget um, it. No, I'm Wait, did you, you try the Avon stuff? Yeah, I've tried it. People, Many people have recommended it to me. You know, listen, I, I, you just use, have to use the hardcore chemicals. I don't care. I, I want to sit outside on a spring or summer evening, so I'm going to load up on And then stuff. you go to bed with that stuff on your no, skin? No, I wipe it off. No. But still, you know, I'm not taking a shower, but yeah, probably so, yes. But that's, that's how it is. All right. Okay, funny you bring that up. Does this make sense? Because I had the same sort of feeling or same sort of avenue here. Just came back from a trip uh, with family. One of my sons, I appreciate his cleanliness. He's wearing body wash. He's also using some sort of high-end mouthwash, toothpaste combination thing. But then the top of the triangle is cologne. Right. So you're in a close quarters mm-hmm. driving around the Midwest looking at Buffalo and whatnot. And uh, does men's cologne make sense? Probably not in that instance. I don't think it makes sense ever. Right. Oh, men should not wear cologne, you say? Because you're competing. The women have got that covered. Oh, right. what? So the women are supposed to smell good. Men can smell like garbage. It doesn't No, matter. no. You know, I'm not going to compete with my wife. Right. Does she your wife wear good. Does your wife wear a scent? No, she really doesn't. Well, then why are you, you have nothing to compete with? Well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, there's yeah, yeah, plenty yeah. of scent around. Well, why so do I have to principle. have my own special it's the scent? Principle. You don't have Men's to have your own scent. doesn't make sense. I don't, I'm, I'm okay with the scent. I'm not. I've evolved over the years in this area. I'm okay with the scent. I'm actually liking a scent. Really? Well, because anything smells better than me. <laughs> All right. So, bug spray, from my perspective, makes sense. Cologne doesn't make sense. Oh, 101.5 WORD. Who doesn't enjoy a good love story? This week on Through the Bible, a servant is sent to choose a wife for Abraham's son Isaac, and God's choice is revealed in a surprising way. Dr. J. Vernon McGee tells of the beautiful way that God sends his spirit today to seek out and capture the affection of his bride, the church. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Hi there, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse in Washington County, Pennsylvania. My family and I want to invite you to our real working dairy farm on the Saturday before Memorial Day for our annual Farm Heritage Day and Crafters Gathering. We are featuring farm tours all day where you get to milk a cow, feed a calf, visit the whole herd at the feed bunk, and finish off in the milk bottling plant. Pick up your ticket 
tickets at the Ticket Shanty and meander around all the old-time and modern craft booths while you enjoy live music by local musician Bob Podish. Lean over the fence and watch the heifers galloping through the pasture and then top off the day with a yummy farm-fresh meal with dishes like haystack wraps and county fair barbecue chicken, family recipe sides, and from-scratch desserts. You'll even want to pick up some of our famous chocolate milk to take home. Our family is excited to share our farm with you, so come on down for a memory-making day. Check us out online at springhousemarket.com for all the details. See you there. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. She's nine years old with curly brown hair. She watches out her window, just waiting for a family to love her. Maybe you're the one called to adopt her. Or maybe you aren't. Maybe you're the one called to help the family who does. Adopting is a tough time of transition and sometimes trauma. But there are ways you can help. Do yard work cook some meals or help around the house offer mom and dad a date night maybe you can be a mentor or friend to the newly adopted child just some ideas to get you started maybe you aren't called to adopt but you can help those who do pray and see what god shows you you could be part of adoption in a whole new way Go to icareaboutorphans.org for more ideas. icareaboutorphans.org, a message from Focus on the Family. Of course, uh, 2020, 2021, these have been trying times. And uh, it's difficult, right, to make sense of our own emotional health. And especially, you know, within the church, uh, the church doesn't do the greatest job of coming around people who are struggling. Uh, you know, I'll pray for you is a lot of times about as good as it gets when you disclose that you're, you know, going through a rough patch. Well, Diana Groover is back with us. She's an author of Companions in the Darkness, Seven Saints Who Struggle with Depression and Doubt. But she wrote a piece that caught our attention called Hope to Carry On, Inviting God into Our Mental Health Journey. And Diana, welcome back. Oh, thanks. It's so good to be with you guys again. 
Diana, talk to us about um, your experience inside the church dealing with mental health issues. Um, I don't want to, you know, I I never want us to veer into the side where we're slamming the church because the church is not perfect, but the church um, absolutely will prevail because Jesus loved the church. So um, we have to love the church too, but it can be hard, right? And mental mental illness is a hard thing to talk about. Absolutely. And I think um, for many of us who live in the mental health world, either mental health professionals or people like me who have struggled with mental health issues, there's a lot of stories to tell of pain. You know, there's a lot of hurtful comments or suggestions that that maybe uh, mental illness, in my case, depression, um, is a is a sign of a personal or spiritual failing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but as you're saying, I know. It, and those stories are really important to tell the stories of pain. I think we need to be honest about the ways that um, the church has, has caused a lot of pain for those who struggle. But at the same time, in my experience, there was also within the Christian community, a community that helped me survive, you know, Mm. people who really surrounded me, um, friends who stuck with me, people who prayed for me and kept company with me in that darkness. And so I think it's okay to sit with both of those things being true that there are people there who can and and do or will cause us pain. And there are also people there who can help us survive and thank God for them. You you know, like, like all things, it seems as though the church is, is slow to um, adapt maybe. And so I think probably when you speak of mental illness, depression, or, you know, whatever people are suffering through, there's a sense of fear or uncomfortability or shame that prevents an, an honest exchange. And uh, I don't know, Diana, uh, you know, how it's been for you, but to be transparent like that, that requires an act of courage on a person's part to say, this is who I am and this is what's going on with me. There's a, a sense of intimacy that I think the church does provide, but at the same time, it can also be um, a, a little sort of um, revealing or perhaps a fraught with a fear it, you know, sort of exposing yourself to the greater community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially if you've been in a situation where you've been honest and vulnerable and, and gotten hurt in the process, it can be really terrifying to, to share again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, there's a, an author I love named Gay Hubbard. She's a, a counselor and she has this great thing. She says, when it comes to community and seasons of pain, there are two really important principles to realize. The first is that you can't do it alone. And the second is that not everyone can help. And so I think as we seek help, as we seek encouragement and people who can truly walk with us and, and be a source of comfort in our pain, sometimes we have to be discerning. And it's unfortunate that that gets put on the person who's suffering. I right, think that's something right. as a church, we need to continue to improve on so that that is less and less the case. But I think it's it's really fair and appropriate to say, um, you know, I don't need to disclose my full experience of what this is like struggling with mental illness to everyone. And I think that's okay. Um, you know, when you talk about that stigma, I think for me, one of the big things that unravels stigma is the telling of stories. And that's a big part of why I wrote my book, Companions in the Darkness, because we have these stories from people in the past. And I think they give us the freedom to share about how we struggle in the present. Um, Mm. And so I think you're right. It does take courage, but I think as some of us continue to have that courage and, and share our stories, 
it will give other people courage to share as well. And hopefully we can start to shift some of that culture um, within the Christian community. The aforementioned book is Companions in the Darkness, Seven Saints Who Struggled with Depression and Doubt. We're talking with author Diana Groover. Uh, Diana, I've talked on the show a lot over the years about my uh, mental health crash that happened after the birth of my second daughter. And uh, it was a really hard time. And I wish I could say it lasted for six weeks or six months, but it was about three years um, of difficulty that I went through. And I remember this one thing, and I remember a lot of things, but as you were talking, one thing came into my head. I have this friend, Nancy, who has since moved away, but uh, she allowed me to just be really honest about what I was going through and how difficult things were. And I had two little kids. One was an infant and I had uh, a parent who was very ill and it was just a really, I I just couldn't keep it together. I could not um, keep a handle on things. And I remember one day I was having a particularly terrible time and I hadn't even opened the blinds in, uh, in my first floor. So it was like, you know, three in the afternoon, it was like dark. It was like the worst possible environment. There's a knock on the door. And I thought, who in the world is at my house? And I don't want to see anybody. The next thing I know, like, I was just going to ignore it. She just walks right in. She just like tested the doorknob. She was like, I'm in. She comes in. She had like three bags of groceries. She had diapers. She had like chocolate. She a friend. She was a friend. Yeah. And she had been, she knew what I was going through and she was like, she never asked, Hey, can I do anything for you? Cause I would have said no. And she didn't say, Hey, what can I get for you at the store? Because I would have said nothing. She just went and got stuff and she brought it. That is such a picture to me of somebody who's just there. Like it wasn't what was in the bags. It was the fact that she just showed up. She kind of burst right through whatever, you know, walls I had up, you know, I don't need help. I don't need whatever. And she just said, I'm coming in because you need something and I'm happy to do it. Wow. That's beautiful. It's a good story. We need people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I think, um, you know, so we have the people who uh, try to fix our pain as soon as we share and that's problematic. And then I think there are people who we're just, we get paralyzed by being afraid of of doing the wrong thing. And so Mm. we're not, we're, we're too afraid to show up like that, you know? Um, but when you're in a season of, of extreme grief or, you know, really depressed, really anxious, you might not even know what you need. And so maybe people who are listening, who have someone who's really struggling, be like Nancy, you know, don't, don't say, what do you need? Say, Hey, I'm going to the store. What can I get you from the grocery store? You know, I'm, I'm going to drop dinner off at your house at five 30 tonight. Um, because then that, freeze them up that they don't have the pressure mentally to try to sort through what do I even need right now? Cause sometimes you don't know. And maybe, you know, this era that we're in right now, maybe the pandemic is an equal opportunity offender, right? That everyone and everyone, everyone has suffered through one form of normality or immorality, you know, neurosis throughout this past year, right? I mean, it's just been horrific out there. So everybody's suffering in some way. Maybe the conversation that we're having or other conversations like that will continue on and everybody nods their head because we've been there and we've all done it together. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, like we were talking about earlier, we give each other courage when we can be the first one to say, you know, I'm not okay right now. And that doesn't mean that I don't love Jesus. It doesn't mean I don't have faith. It just means this is a really hard season. And I can be honest with you about that. That's courageous to do that, isn't it? It is. 
Diana Groover is with us. The book is called Companions in the Darkness, Seven Saints Who Struggled with Depression and Doubt. Uh, Diana, tell us your story. Tell us why you write about mental health issues, what your own experience has been. So I first struggled with depression when I was in college. That was when I first had a a name for it. And as so many do uh, who struggle with depression as Christians, it comes in addition to all of the normal symptoms and the weight of it, it comes with a sense of guilt. You know, maybe I'm not trying hard enough. Maybe this is a reflection on my faith. And so I had to sort through that personally. And, and as I said, thankfully, I had some, some wonderful friends at the time who really supported me through that and had access to uh, counseling through my college's health center. Um, but it was after the fact that I started hearing stories from people in church history who were also depressed. And I couldn't help but wonder why I had never heard their stories before. Um, And like we've been alluding to, it's the silence, I think, that continues to perpetuate the shame and the stigma. And so I couldn't help but wonder what would my experience have been like if I had known these stories? Not that I wouldn't have been depressed and that that wouldn't have been difficult, but maybe it would have removed some of the guilt because I would have known that I had very good company Mm. uh, in depression as, as a Christian. Yeah. And so it was that realization that kind of sent me out on, on this journey. It started very personal and then realized that these were stories that other people needed to hear as well. That's good. So there's strength in numbers. I mean, Diana, I remember years ago, uh, probably it was a decade or so, Kath, that somebody joined us and he was a therapist and he said, essentially, everybody should be in therapy. Everybody. Oh, yeah. And, and we were like, yeah, of course. But I remember telling, talking to my brother-in-law about that and he was like, he scoffed. He was like, really, you believe that? But you know... There is still a pushback to that as though, you know, by going into therapy, somehow that's that's a form of weakness. You know, and I just saw someone on Twitter that was suggesting that. uh, I think it was today was going around. And I think that's a shame because, you know, therapy can be of great benefit. I think, unfortunately, it's portrayed as if we have to be a complete wreck, completely falling apart before we can go get help. And there's a great value in being able to sort through some of the ways that you think about things in your own life history and how it affects your present, yeah. um, not just in times of crisis, but also in times of stability, you know, whenever right. you have yeah. the, the emotional, mental, physical bandwidth to process some of that. And I think there's great strength in that in saying, you know, I'm, I don't have it all together and I have the strength and the courage to admit that. And, you know, out of faithfulness, not just, to take care of myself, but even faithfulness as a, as a Christian, you know, to, to want to be able to live the most faithful, healthy, fruitful life that I can, I'm going to do what I can to stay healthy and, and process through some of these things that may be hindering me. I remember my very, very, very first therapy session. Um, I went in and the, the physician said, so why are you here? And I was so like, it was so, it freaked me out so much to be there. That I could, I, I, I couldn't get the words out. I need help. I was like, uh, and the doctor was like, oh, so you need help. <laughs> she, said, she said it for me because that's how bad off I was. And then you started to cry. <laughs> I did. I did. I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Anyway, Diana, thank you so much for being here that's again. Good, Great Diana. to have Keep, you. Yeah, right this is a good conversation. Keep it going. Yeah. This is really necessary. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah. Diana Groover, author of Companions in the Darkness, Seven Saints Who Struggle with Depression and Death. We'll be right back. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home.
Are you wondering if this year you'll still be asking why it seems so easy for other people to find love, but so hard for me? If you're feeling the pain of being alone and are tired of everyone around you finding their soulmates and leaving you behind, then get ready to remove the barriers to finding the marriage of your dreams and start believing it's possible for you. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Join me in my Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now is your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you to be married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools you need to become a bride. Listen, if you deeply desire to be married, but you're still single, you should be doing something about it. Sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The only thing you have to lose is the pain of being alone on your journey. The Married in 12 Months Challenge begins June 10th. So don't wait and sign up today. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800 800- Three nine one zero nine five four. Use promo code word or right now mypillow.com. Mypillow.com. What are dads made for? asking myself the same question. Author Amanda Glass, creator of the Made For book series, helps kids and dads answer that question. That's what dads are made for is more than just a fun book with cute pictures. It's one that creates conversations that build meaningful connections. This Father's Day, help your kids connect with dad as they discover together. Oh, that's what dads are made for. For kids three and up, just $9.99 when you order now at themadeforbooks.com. It's Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. For a limited time, save up to $500 on top-rated mattress brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base with your $6.99 mattress purchase. Are you a teacher looking to grow your career? Waynesburg University offers a Master of Education with multiple areas of concentration as well as certification in special education. Classes start every semester. Financial aid is available. Visit waynesburg.edu. something is beautiful Hmm. is it something that's innate in us is it a god touch thing where we look at something you know and we just know or is it a learned process after we have to be taught color and style and form and function all that um just coming back from the midwest or from the from the west and being in yellowstone i was overwhelmed by beauty just i mean and I think I want to think that, you know, as a six-year-old or a 10-year-old, you would see that and go, that's beautiful. But I wonder about that as I'm looking at my photographs on my phone, which I've, you know, used to take several thousand photos probably. Can anybody recognize what beauty is? 
and call it for what it is, true beauty. What do you think, Kath? I don't know if it can be labeled. I don't know. I mean, people a lot smarter than I have wrestled with that. And I'm sure, and you know, there are a jillion poems written to that effect, right? Um, But, you know, I don't know what the definition is, but, uh, you know, I know it when I see it. And I can't tell you what you should think is beautiful, but I certainly know, maybe more importantly, what beauty does to me, you know, how it enlarges my spirit. It makes me kinder. It makes me more humble. It makes me more eager. It makes me more curious. Okay. Um, So wait, so wait, so you, you say that you can't necessarily uh, give a definition of what beauty is, but you know what it is when you see it, but more so you appreciate what it makes you feel or what it does to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's now that's that's probably a lame way of looking at it. Like I'm looking at, you know, a mountain range and I'm thinking about what it does to me. That seems like the ultimate in narcissism, right? But there's oh, something well, that's about what the, you... yeah, but that's the thing, that's the, the experience with it, right? I was thinking as you were talking about being at the Met in New York, Metropolitan Museum of Art. And it's it's my favorite museum I've ever been in. And I've been in a lot of museums. And there's something about the quality of the light and you know, the paint colors that are used in the room behind the great works of art that are framed. There's like, it's a thing. You know what I mean? There's like, I don't know what it is. It's just an experience. And being there makes me more, a more grateful person. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, so standards of beauty, especially, you know, um, in fashion, right. That's come and gone. Uh, what What is beautiful? Right. Exactly. What is beautiful in one era is not considered so in another. But when you look at like the masters, like Rembrandt, right, or, you know, Miro, whomever, right, the master painters, there's a timelessness to beauty as well. I certainly think there is. I mean, I tend to think that old things are more beautiful than young things. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Why do you think that? I mean, well, so I mean, much- you know, I'm, I'm prejudiced to think about architecture and interiors of everything, because that's what my training is. And there's no new building that can ever achieve the same type of beauty that an old building can. I mean, when I was in Europe and I was hanging out regularly in buildings that were, you know, built in the 16th century, that you can, there's no way to replicate that type of beauty. You just can't. Okay. So then an American beauty, um, something like the Chrysler building in New York City. Oh, Gosh. I okay. Now that that's not that old by comparison. That's it's like, not you know, that old, but 1930s. it's also not new. It's also not new. Okay. So put the Chrysler building next to uh, the USX here. tower. Well, no, I mean, really? Yeah, no, but there, but I do, whenever I see the USX tower, I, I still think there's elements of beauty to that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's horrible. Yeah. But there's something elegant about the Chrysler building. So elegance is part of beauty. What about, you know, we were talking a little earlier about uh, the two guys who drilled holes in their cement ceiling in their dorm room. That's a particular style of beauty uh, of architecture that was called brutalism. We're well acquainted with that here in Pittsburgh. We sure are. You know, it flourished in the 1960s. Pazvar Hall at the University of Pittsburgh. The poured concrete buildings. I mean, the people look at that and go, I don't see any beauty in that at all. I don't either. But it was all the rage, was it not? Yeah, it was a trend, was it? But the trend was almost to not be beautiful. So then the axiom that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I believe that that's still true. I think that's still true, true. Right? I think that's still true. But there is something about timelessness. We all recognize 
the it becomes a classic because it transcends style and fashion. It's proven itself. Right. I don't know. Beauty. Thanks for being with us today. We appreciate it. Check us out online, johnandkathyshow.com, Facebook, the right home of John and Kathy. Have a great night. See you tomorrow. See you first. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.